0: Good morning, Morning. and peace be with you. So here we uh, go again, our second open service, and it is nice to be back, and it's sure nice to see you, and um, I still can't get over seeing masks all over the place, especially, you've heard this before, but it is ironic, you go into a bank with a mask, you know, it just wow but i'm glad you're here and pray that you are healthy and remain that way we're doing our best to follow the guidelines for um, our covid 19 uh, opening and your pastor will not be wearing a mask uh, during the service except for when we serve holy communion at that point i will be donning a mask I won't be wearing gloves, but I promise I'll go over and use the hand sanitizer there, and when I place the uh, wafer in your hand, uh, everything should be okay. If that is not something that you're comfortable with, then in the tradition of the church, for people that are looking to not take communion but have a blessing, then you you can cross your, your hands like this and Um, that you have permission to do that, not like you needed it from me, but it'll be okay, okay? Um, We're just trying to be reverent and and, uh, do the right thing for everybody. This is a strange time, and we're finding out more and more about the nature of this disease, but one thing we do know, and that is that God rules through it all, and he is with us, and he has the final word. So, that being said, I would like to welcome the Gillettes with us today, Dr. Gillette and his beautiful wife, Adair, and um, they are going to be playing with us uh, continually through the next foreseeable months and perhaps year, unless they get a call to somewhere else like Florida, and, um, <laughs> but we are blessed by you and thank you, you guys, for coming and, and being with us to worship Jesus this morning. Our opening hymn is uh, Mighty to Save, and I, you can sing if you'd like along with it in the uh, foyer or the narthex we had the words to it um, printed out if you have those, I mean, you're okay if you have them, and let us worship the Lord.
1: One needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a savior, the hope of nation. Savior. Take me as you find me, all my fears and
2: failures.
1: Feel my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. God is mighty to say, He is mighty to say forever, author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, roses conquered the grave, shine your light and let the whole world see, we're singing for the glory of the risen King, Jesus Shine your light and let the whole world see We're singing for the glory of the risen King Savior, He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save forever Author of salvation heroes and conquer the grave Jesus conquered the grave
0: We do come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen, Amen. And I shoulda said if you're able please stand Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful to us, will
2: forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: Let us take a moment of silence and self reflection. be with you all. In peace,
3: let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord.
2: Lord
3: Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Be with you.
0: Let us pray. Almighty, eternal God, in the word of your apostles and prophets, you have proclaimed to us your saving will. Grant us faith to believe your promises that we may receive eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated.
4: Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of Exodus, chapter 19, verses 2 through 8, and this can be found on page 116 in your pew Bible. Exodus chapter 19, beginning with the second verse. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, "'This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The second reading this morning is Psalm 100, and we'll read that responsively. It's printed in your bulletin. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 6 through 15 and this can be found on page 1753 in the Pew Bible. Romans chapter five, beginning with the sixth verse. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew from the ninth and 10th chapters. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10, verse eight through 20. And it can be found on page 15,10 of your Pew Bible. Matthew 9 starting with the thirty-fifth verse. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. And if the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. And if it is not, that is deserving, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off of your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the Day of Judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves, and therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the gentiles but when they arrest you do not worry about what to say or how to say it at that time you will be given what to say for it will not be you speaking but the spirit of your father speaking through you this is the gospel of the lord praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me right now? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We uh, enter into the long season of green and sometimes it's been called green meadows. This occurs in the church year uh, after this last Sunday, which was Trinity Sunday. Green is the color that symbolizes growth and you will notice from this day forward, that the proclamations as dictated by our lectionary, uh, the readings that we are assigned, they will emphasize a faith, a faith that is living, a faith that is growing, a faith that is given through grace. Now surely we recognize Christ, that he causes us to grow, that through his Holy Spirit that we are given ears to hear and eyes to see. So let us hear now, let us see how his word and his will is woven throughout the fabric we'll speak of today, the fabric of baptism and koinonia, the gift of fellowship together. As Christians given by God Himself. In the beginning of our human story, there was koinonia, that is, life together. And it was not good for Adam and well, for Adam to be alone. We read that in Genesis 2, verse 18. And neither Adam nor Eve was humanity by themselves. Adam and Eve, they shared holy life together, and they had koinonia with the Almighty, the Almighty who walked with them. That song, and he walks with me and he talks with me, right? That's Koinonia. He walked with them in the garden. And it was good. It was really good. Abba said that. Until chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. Sin entered the world through one man. We know the story. That's the part whereupon the serpent asked about the rules. Did God really say that? He injected doubt, and the two of them disobeyed. And they tried to cover up their sins with leaves, and leaves shrivel up, and you're exposed again, your sin. And they tried to cover themselves up with lies that disappoint and really don't cover anything. How like us. Genesis 3.8 said, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. They said, Because I was afraid. Koinonia was ended right there but God was not satisfied he didn't say that's it I'm out of here because we know when someone is truly cut off the only way to reach out to him or her is to go to them and God does not wait for us to climb up to him it's impossible it doesn't work It could never happen. God, in his mercy, he comes to us. Just as it says in Romans 5, 6, While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Further, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God, he demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 7, and 8. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Who does that? Our Father in heaven does. I don't know about you, but when I see a heart, you know, the red heart, um, the first thing that I think of, thank you Hallmark, is um, love. I think also that we talk about love a lot, don't we? And, and, and sometimes we don't use that word off the right way. We, we say things such as, oh, I love ice cream, and, and, I, and I do. And I love to play baseball, but not as much as I love to watch it now. Can I get an amen from the back of the church there? All right. We say to our parents and our special friends, our children, maybe even our pets, I love you. And we mean it. Now, a group of professionals, and it's always professionals. I'd like to have a job like this one because it sounds like fun. But a group of professionals asked some children from age four to eight, what does love mean? And here are some of the answers that the children gave to them. They never disappoint. I'm sure you've heard them before, but they are sweet. One little girl, Carrie, age five, said, love is when... A girl puts on perfume, and a boy puts on shaving cologne, and they go out and they smell each other. That's love. Love, this is from Chrissy, age six. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. I apparently don't love. (laughs) Love is when you tell a guy that you like his shirt and he wears it every day. Noel, age seven. Love. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. That comes from Elaine, age five. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Marianne, age four. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure the taste is okay. That's love. If I were to ask you to tell me what love is, what would your answer be? I think if we really want to know what love is? The best place to find the answer is in the Holy Bible. And God not only told us what love is, he, he showed us. Amen? The Bible says God showed how much he loved us by sending Jesus to die for us, even though we were sinful. Wow. Even though we were sinful. And that is real love. God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us even though we did not deserve it. Aren't you glad that he loves us so much that we don't get what we deserve? You know, the list that the answers uh, that the children gave to the question, here's one more. God, he could have said words to make the nails fall off the cross. He didn't do that. You've heard me say, it wasn't nails that held Jesus to that cross. It was His love for you and for me, whosoever would believe. I think that shows love, and I know you do too. We should say, dear Father, we thank you for loving us. We, we know that we don't deserve it, and we ask you, Father, to help us to love others in the same way that you love us. Back to baptism. What about baptism? Remember it every day. Through baptism, we were enjoined with Christ in a death like his. koinonia, fellowship. In baptism, we step into the water as isolated individuals. We rise, reborn, into God's family, placed by God into a life forever. The old Adam, the individual, you and me, we go down into the water where we are dying a death like his. We are raised out of the water in a a resurrection like his, to be with a cloud of witnesses. We are put into the family at that moment. Amen? Christ Jesus redeemed us and he reconciles us with the Father and his reconciliation forges horizontal relationships. Horizontal with the Lord. And that is the reason why we baptize in the presence of saints whenever possible. Don't you love it when we have a baptism here? Boy. Finally, I look at you and I think, a little Ella, I mean, that, it, it just wasn't that joy to see your granddaughter baptized, all of you that have seen your children and your children's children baptized, even if they become the family in this family here, a member of this church. Isn't that pure joy? The whole family wants to be involved in that. It's a family in Christ. I want to read to you uh, a baptism account from uh, the Reverend Dr. Steve Mueller. He is a professor at Concordia University in Irvine, just down the road from us. He's an author, and he is one of the sources that I am using today. He tells the story of a Muslim graduate student at Concordia University. Who would have thought? A Muslim graduate student at Concordia University. And she came to faith in Christ through her business professor. Now, it's a great school down there. It's not just theology and professors, you know, learning to be pastors and the such. It's a great school. So this gal is witnessed to by her business professor. She was baptized, not privately, which is astounding if you know the slightest bit about Islam, because in her baptism, and her confession as Christ as Lord and Savior, that's a death sentence for her in the eyes of Islam. She was baptized not privately, but in the community that shared Jesus with her. What followed was the ripple effect of the waters. God used her baptism, to open doors. And several other students were baptized not long afterward. Her baptism, Dr. Mueller reports, became part of the witness that led even more people to a life together, to a life of koinonia, baptism. In practice, this life together, we know, is not free from sin. Sin and human influences or struggles over persons or personalities or ethnicities or languages, places, and traditions. Our baptism, our life of koinonia is just like a family life. There are some hitches in the giddy-up and there are some problems, is there not? Even the early church was not immune. But in Acts 2.42, we read that the members, what they did to live their baptism in life together, that is this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. So maybe you're asking yourself, and I, I am out loud right now, what happened? Perhaps this doesn't sound like our life together today, and like those early saints, we have received God's gift of baptism into Christ, which is not merely a personal relationship, but we are baptized into the body of Christ. We are baptized into the church. And like those early saints, just like those early saints, just like Adam and Eve, we are plagued. By sin. And with an old Adam, that old Adam needs needs to be drowned daily, remembering your baptism. You weren't baptized. You are baptized daily. We drown that Adam. We would be a lot better off in the church if we remembered it is not a social club, But church is a family. And just like a family, we don't get to choose God's children for Him. He does that. And He calls us into relationships with each other. You can't pick your own family, can you? We are going to spend eternity together. This is a practice run. And he calls us to recognize that now and to begin enjoying relationships. He gives to us these relationships. That is life together in our congregations. Life together in our district. Life together with our confessional partners around the world. He has given us Victory Outreach. He has given us a family, a church family in the faith to be in Koinonia together with. Now, in the season of growth of Green Meadows, in the season of life, we know that growth is painful. And I want to talk to you about growing pains. I would have brought a string of pearls in this morning, but I don't have one. They're Tracy's, and they're in the safe, and I didn't bring them. But you know what a pearl looks like, and you know where pearls come from, right? Not the jewelry store, but oysters. And we know that an oyster is a shellfish that lives in the ocean, and they have a very, very hard shell And sometimes a grain of sand, something like that, will come inside their shell and it'll get in and amongst their flesh and it causes a lot of pain and discomfort. And it's irritating. And so the oyster is not a happy oyster. But our Father who art in heaven has given the oyster away to ease the pain. You see, that grain of sand that gets in there, the oyster, ooh, this is a gross word right now, but the oyster oozes out a liquid that coats the grain of sand, and then it hardens. And the oyster keeps oozing, and the ooze keeps hardening over and over again until the pain goes away. And it's minimized. And what's left is a beautiful pearl that people put a value on and will go and buy several of them and string them along and wear them. Oyster ooze. My point is not that it's potentially kind of gross, but um, the point is, is that something that started out painful in God's engineering plan, it turns out to be something beautiful and maybe even something valuable. And now the same thing can happen to us. That is, sometimes something comes into our life that causes a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And when it happens, God gives us something to help ease the pain, God gives us His love. And if we ask him to, he will, he will ooze out his love to ease our pain and suffering. And often we find, as we look in the rearview mirror of our lives, God has given us that blessing. What started out to be very painful in our life can turn into something beautiful. And we thank the Lord that we have pain and hurts in our life. Because he took that opportunity for us to lean on him as he oozed out his love and his provision and his healing and turned it into something beautiful. Unfortunately, that takes time. We spoke about that yesterday, Ken. We were talking about how things are happening now and what they look like. For those that have been around for a while, we have seen patterns Even our parents and grandparents that survived world wars and calamities like the Great Depression. They have seen that, but they've also seen better days coming. And so we must be a witness in that as well and reassurance and encouragement to the people that haven't been through that where we say it's okay. It hurts now. But we know the one who gave his all, his very best, out of love for you and for me to make it all better. Back to koinonia. Finally, we have eternal koinonia together. We are assured of that in Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It says, God strengthens us all in witness, mercy, life together, that on this earth we may more and more look like our future united in confession and praise with our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus as we reach out to the world in mercy and witness. That's what we're called to be. We're not called to ape, as I said last week, what is on the news. We're not called to swap out and trade uh, just mean, insulting memes on Facebook or anywhere else we are called to be different we are called to encourage we are called to koinonia fellowship friendship you know for now we have glimpses of the future a future to come a a beautiful future no more sorrow no more tears no more pain we have a glimpse of that this morning we are going to come together at the table for the sacrament of the altar which is a foretaste of the feast to come amen? amen amen I'm getting close to being done it's okay We have a promise of the future in the world that be in the word excuse me that became incarnate Jesus as death came to the world through one man Adam so everlasting life came to the world, comes to the world, comes to you and to me in Jesus who was Him crucified for us. We have a deposit given to us for the future in our baptism, the Holy Spirit, God who dwells in us. This is a good time. This is a good time to be in Koinonia. This is a good time to be the church, to a world that needs to know, that needs to hear the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Our hymn is, We Are God's People. You may remain seated. mm mm-hmm.
1: strong in him we stand oh let us live transparently and walk heart to heart and hand in hand we are a temple the spirit's dwelling oh God's grace, we die alone for on its own. Each chamber loses fun, yet joined in one.
0: Thank you. Will you please stand? And let us confess our faith in Koinonia to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father
2: Almighty, creator of
4: Let us be still for a moment and realize that God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in this sanctuary right now. Dear Lord, God Almighty, Heavenly Father, Savior, and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, we give you our thanks and praise for all the blessings you have given to us And we're sorry that we often can't recognize your grace and generosity, even when it is right before our eyes. We are blinded by our own sin of greed for power, wealth, and material goods, and follow the evil suggestion and lies of Satan, which leads to our anger, hate, and despair. We pray that you would open our eyes to the daily deceit we face and focus our minds and actions on following your commands and the truth who is your Son, Jesus. Holy Father, we continue to struggle with the COVID-19 virus. We are confused, frightened, and distraught by the frequently given and conflicting advice and disease prevention directions provided by supposed experts in national and international health organizations, scientists, and physicians. Holy Spirit, Please focus our minds and hearts to recognize that our true and everlasting peace lies only in trusting our Lord and not the claimed wisdom of humankind. Please say your word and destroy this virus. In the meantime, we pray that you would give each of us the personal knowledge to recognize and take the best precautions to keep ourselves safe. Holy Father, we pray for wisdom within our national, state, and local elected leaders. Please guide each of them to place the good of the country above their own personal ambitions and forego the hateful rhetoric and divisiveness that threatens the safety and health of our citizens. We also pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shine a light on those who seek to sow conflict and fear among us and to create lawlessness and chaos. Such individuals are knowingly or unwittingly in league with Satan whose power is far greater than ours. Please save us from these people. We pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Please speak your healing word to those who suffer and provide knowledge and wisdom to physicians who serve as your earthly agents of medicine. Again, we also pray for our younger citizens who are in school or graduating from schools with doubts about their future. Help us say the right words to lend encouragement and assurance that today's challenges will pass. Thank you for those of us who have lived through very difficult times in our nation's history. We pray that you would help us gently and thoughtfully pass our lessons learned to younger citizens and let them learn from history instead of trying to erase it. We pray that you give them hearts and minds to hear the truth and learn from the mistakes of their elders. We again thank you for our president and vice president and the encouraging leadership they exhibit. Help us to expect and demand that all of our leaders and those who seek positions of leadership to exhibit integrity, compassion, strength against adversity, and servanthood. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals who continue to face danger every day. Please shield all of them from harm. We especially pray for our law enforcement officers throughout the United States, wherever they serve, to protect us from the evil actions of others. We pray for their integrity and measured response in the face of constant adversity and hate. We pray for compassionate hearts in these officers and for a desire to serve and protect the less powerful among us. Holy Father, thank you for our Reformation Lutheran Church congregational family and our pastor who preaches your law and saving grace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We also thank you for the blessing of enabling us to support our sister congregation, Victory Outreach, whose actions to bring others to faith in Jesus saves souls. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers, even when those prayers are contained within the busyness of our daily thoughts. And we thank you for filling our hearts with your creative presence that serves to displace our anxiety of that which we can't control which is pretty much everything. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace from right where you're standing. You can turn around and wave. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the new normal isn't very much fun. But I am washing my hands, and we will pray the prayer, offertory prayer. Um, before we take the offertory because we're not passing a plate around, but you may bring up uh, your tithes and your offerings and your prayers as you come up for Holy Communion. Okay? Please play, pray with me. Blessed are you, our- Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy 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 night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious triumphant coming again let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us our father who art in see, we have some visitors here, and I won't point at you. <laughs> we, um, we practice open communion. And what that means is, is that this is for all who should believe. And if you have confessed, and I heard you, even with your mask, that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and if your confession is that it is his true body and his true blood given for all who should believe, a means of grace, salvation... Then come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. And I'm going to wash my hands one more time.) <laughs> please stand. Woo, that loud. Welcome. I guess I can, somebody told me that if while wearing a mask with your glasses on, you might be entitled to condensation. (laughs) Now the benediction. (laughs) Because he loves you. Because we are in Koinonia, we ought to have joy even during times of pain. He's making a pearl for us, in us and through us. Have faith. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our closing hymn is "No Longer Slaves." Let us sing as unto the Lord.
2: You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. Till all my fears are gone, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child to come. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. Again, into your family, your blood flows through my veins, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child.